Reed's Ranch is proud to part with Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. GarzaLaw.com, 865-540-8300. Remember that number. Remember that website in case you need legal representation. Marcos Garza and his team are East Tennessee's premier DUI defense, criminal defense, and personal injury lawyer. If you've been drinking, don't get behind the wheel. Don't risk it. Uh, But if you do find yourself in an unfortunate situation, you're going to want the best result possible for your case. Marcos will work tirelessly to get you that best result. He's been doing it a long time, and he is the uh, one of the top rated in the area for a reason. Marcos is the man. Do not say guilty. Say Garza. GarzaLaw.com. All right, let's get to the episode. I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to The Unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. (laughs) But I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's a dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his hair cut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. Let the goons be goons. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. Enough. <laughs> 38 in a row. As in 38 on this point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. Another edition of Reed's Ranch, Sunday, October 20th. We're doing it at 1230. Seth Hughes joins me down in Alabama. Seth, how are you, my friend? I've been better, John, but it's good to hear your voice again. Yeah, I just talked to you on uh, the postgame show not too long ago. I just got out of bed at noon. Like, I didn't get in till well after three. It took me a little bit to wind down after, uh, you know, doing a show for so long. Uh, it took me a little bit to wind down. So I probably didn't fall asleep to like four or so. And uh, Kendall, who is an angel, woke me up this morning with the kiss on the cheek. And she went on a hike and I just stayed in bed. I just got out at noon. That's pretty shitty, but the good news is now we get the podcast that I could go watch football, so I timed it up pretty well. Yep. I mean, you you probably uh, deserve to sleep in after working so late last night, so. Thank you. Your text that you put in the Discord is one of the saddest but funniest things I've seen. You asked on a scale of 1 to 10 how redneck it is. It's a nine and a half. It's pretty redneck, I know. It's nine and a half uh, for people not in the Discord, dummies. Uh, Seth Hughes posted a uh, text message that he sent his mother to tell his dad. And uh, the end of it says, I know it's not right, but I I couldn't go to church today because, how was it you said it? If somebody said something to me after that game yesterday, I would have lost it. I said, um, my favorite part was, I know it ain't right. I said, uh, I know it ain't right, but I'm not going to church because I'd lose my mind if someone said something to me after that game. Worst officiating I've ever seen. <laughs> I fired that off at uh, 1.45 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> at least you know your limits. At least you know your limits and didn't go to church and go off on some old man just trying to make a joke to you. Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't. I, any Like, last year... You know, or any of the other years where it's been just a senseless beatdown that was just pure brutality, I wouldn't have cared. Like, I mean, honestly, I know people probably don't believe me, but I, I would not have really cared. But last night, much like the 2016 game, um, games like that, if you say something to me, I am liable to uh, to really embarrass myself. Like, last night, I, I could just... You know how, like, when you get so mad, you feel like you're, like, outside your body? You feel like you've you just, like, left your body? That's how I was feeling last night when I was when I was um, scrolling through Twitter. Like, I was getting angrier and angrier. I took three Benadryl and still didn't go to sleep until, like, uh, 2.30 a.m. I just... I, I, was, I was mad. And I knew I would have embarrassed myself. At church, if somebody had said something to me, do people take Benadryl to sleep? That's a thing. Yeah, if if 
if you can't sleep like I can't, then yeah. You take Benadryl? Yeah. It'll knock your ass out, buddy. Hmm. Be careful. Um, um, you know what happened um, to Mac Miller. Be careful. I imagine that I, I've built up a pretty solid tolerance to it at this point, but yeah, it, it'll still make you go to sleep. Okay. So you were mad last night because I was too. Like, uh, I was too. I, I thought the officiating was abysmal. I thought our quarterback play was abysmal. Uh, that was a game where it felt like we could win, especially, I mean, obviously, like, I think if Maurer and Tua both stayed healthy, we lose that game. Yeah. Probably by 17 points or so. But I think we would have scored a lot of points. I think we would have been able to move the ball on them. But uh, once Tua went out, even with Garantano, I thought we could win that game. Um, we got really, really fucked on that Wildcat when we were going first and goal from the five, and the rest just randomly stopped the play. Yeah, I, th- that was inexcusable. I mean, Pruitt was throwing a fit, as he should have been. Um, that was so – as that was happening live, it was one of those things where you're just like, is this, like, really – Happening, I, I don't know how else to describe it other than just sheer shock that they were giving Alabama a free timeout when we totally had them confused. Because I am uh, sure that they did not expect Tim Jordan out of the Wildcat. When when Jeremy Pruitt out, out, out-schemed Alabama, how about that? Yeah, he, he coached his ass off. I mean, um, I do think that we lose um regard like if Tua stays in we definitely lose. If Mauer stays in and Tua gets hurt, I don't know. It's a toss up, which is crazy, right? Cuz that they, they they could they I know that like I'm sure saving second half adjustments were going to be great. Um but like they couldn't stop Brian Mauer. And um they could barely stop Tim Jordan. Their second half adjustments being what they were, they couldn't score on us. Um so th- I do think we would have lost. The thing is, is that I wish the referees would have let us lose. Yes, give us a chance. That's all I kept saying was, give us a chance. Like, I wish the referees would have just gotten out of the way and let us lose. Like, we were going to be down a touchdown and ha- getting the ball back. You know? I mean, and they call that penalty on Daryl Taylor. Like, was it even a, a, on, on the touchdown that Juwan Jennings had running the ball? Or, or whoever had it. It was Jennings reaching for the pylon when he got in. Yeah. They called the holding on Wanye. It was 100% not on Morris. Watching it live, I thought it was holding on Tim Jordan. Like, even when it was happening, I was like, yep, that's coming back. Okay. But some people, when I said that on voluntary reaction, hit me back with, no, it's not, it wasn't holding. So, I don't know. Watching live, I thought it was. They didn't really – they only showed the one replay and realized they fucked up and showed the wrong guy. And they're like, oh, these refs are not good, but they wouldn't say it because ESPN are a bunch of schmohawks that all conspired to have a 9 o'clock kickoff to go suck Alabama's dick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, what was that? Was it just like a showcase for Alabama? Like, hey, we're going to give you a special 9 o'clock kick. We're going to go out here. We're going to push our other game up to 6 o'clock, and we're going to let you do these damn lights, and we're going we're gonna to celebrate you and smoke cigars with you. What, what the fuck was that? I, I don't know. It was pretty disgusting, was it not? I was disgusted. It was pretty uh, the the cigar thing was just really really sickening. Fuck you, Todd McShay. The cigar thing was really just nauseating, nauseating. I mean, I, you know that might have been a hold on Tim Jordan. Okay, I do know that Jawan Jennings almost made another all-time great play in the end zone on a one-handed catch, and he was assaulted, and there was no flag in the end zone. I mean, the the guy was draped all over him. I had violent flashbacks to 2016. I I know we got our ass kicked in 2016, but remember early in the game we had that pass interference? I think it was Josh Malone deep down the field, and the guy did the same thing and basically tackled him, and they didn't call the pass interference there either. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, Jawan Jennings was manhandled on that play, and they didn't call it. Uh, they, they, 
they didn't call it. I just wish, like, all I'm asking for is just just let Alabama beat us. You know, they certainly don't need any help. They certainly don't need any help. And that, that was just so frustrating. The whole thing around, like, obviously having to watch JG play quarterback was frustrating. Him missing wide open Jennings on third and goal from the 20. Like, that's. Oh, my goodness. He walks in for a touchdown. Back. That, I think, to me, pl- replaces the Dominic Wood Anderson throw for JG's worst throw of the year. So, congratulations. Uh, you no longer have to see the, the, the Dominic Wood Anderson highlight. Now we just replace it with a wide open touchdown. On a really a, a, a great play call, but a really poor defense from Alabama. Like, why are you jumping the, the hitch route on, on, on third and 20? Why are you jumping the five-yard route and getting beat deep? And Jennings could have had some redemption from the earlier dropped interception. And then it was just yeah. an awful throw. Uh, that throw, it was going to be 21-17, to 17, right? I thought it was that would have made it 14-14 to 14 on okay, okay. that throw. I couldn't remember. If, if, if that play is made and we score a touchdown. That was the same possession that they fucked up our Wildcat, right? That was the same possession because we had it first and go at the five, got the false or got the false start, got a holding call, and yeah, then we were back at the 20. So it was basically third and goal from the 18, I think. We ran the ball on a third, mm-hmm. second down. So, yeah, that was the same drive. That would have made it 14-14 at the beginning of the second quarter. Because I remember saying – I remember saying after that second down play, I remember I was just like, just take the field goal. Yep. And then, 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 because I was like, you know, field goals aren't going to win this game, but take the field goal, Jeremy. And then Jawan Jennings is wide open to walk into the end zone, and he overthrows him. And, and and if we catch that and run him for the end zone, like I honestly, at that point, the game is a toss up. Especially because I mean, Tua got knocked out shortly after. Yeah, the game is a toss up. I I just I. All people are, are going to talk about is the Daryl Taylor phantom third down roughing the passer. And I think it's going to be a combination because people are, I mean, like, even if you don't get the call on Tim Jordan on the hold, it's 21-17. Like, you know, then you're four points away, obviously, and it's a whole different game. Instead, you have to kick a field goal to stay down eight. Yeah. It was just – it it – for me watching, it personally felt absolutely hopeless because whenever because we just couldn't the refs couldn't get out of the way. I can't even imagine what it felt like for the players. I mean, like when when that when that ref threw that fa- that flag, Crouch was right there looking at him and just threw up his hands at the referee. Like, you know, we have we had true freshmen playing literally everywhere last night. We had Jalen McCullough. Shot out of a cannon on that blitz. Oh, my goodness. He he like, he was, he was looked like he hit R2 on PlayStation and got that turbo boost. I mean, we had Quiveris Crouch, man in middle linebacker, by himself. We had some players making some plays. It was fun to see. And it's like they just wouldn't get out of the way. It felt just, it felt like you were watching professional wrestling. Like, it felt like you were watching professional wrestling, and you're the good guy, and Alabama's the heel, and they're just going to keep ripping it away from you and cheating with the officials and doing all this stuff, and they just keep getting away with it, and there's nothing you can do. There's no justice. It was professional wrestling last night. That's what it felt like. And it literally was just when you add in all the theatrics, the light show, that light show, that was awful. What is Bryant Denny doing? You are Alabama. You are the University of Alabama football. You have more tradition than any other program in the nation. You don't need to do anything on Saturdays besides show up with a million-dollar band and play some football. What is this? What is this light show? What is what is this light show about? You know, and it's the first night game of the season. So, you know, we had to hear all, the light show w- was a farce. It was an absolute damn joke. 
We got to stop them from putting that in in Neyland, right? They they cannot put that in Neyland Stadium. Feels like it's a thing that's going to be everywhere in like two years. And I don't understand why. It's stupid. It's not even cool. Like, I, I can understand the appeal of seeing it one time. But after that, I would never want to see it again. Like, go to EDM concert, bro. Like, go go watch professional wrestling. They do shit like that with the lights. Watch Bray Wyatt versus Seth Rollins and Hell in a Cell. They made the whole ring red the entire time. Whoa, look what they do with the lights. Just one time, that's it. Never want to see it again. Where did this... Where, what was the impetus for this? Like, who thought this was going to be a good idea? It's funny because so far the three schools I've seen do it are Alabama, Nebraska, and I guess I shouldn't say school, the Green Bay Packers. Like, three of the schools you think would have the most pride, three of the most programs and franchises, whatever, that should have the most pride of, of anybody. And they've... Uh, gimmick themselves into a light show yeah georgia put them in georgia put them in like one week after alabama announced it georgia announced well it. it makes sense for georgia because they have no tradition they are a gimmick school they're very generic like it makes sense for them yeah i mean i, I it's but and it's even it's even better to me that they did it right after alabama announces it like a week after alabama announced it Georgia's like oh we have lights too it's we like want oh, lights too man this is what a coincidence. What a coincidence that Georgia now has lights. It makes they sense for awful. Georgia to have to do because Georgia has to try to be cool. I agree with that. I, I've been to several games at Sanford Stadium, and I've never heard it get loud. The only, the only time I heard it get loud was with the gasping uh, after the Juwan Jennings Hail Mary. All the gaps they let out, and then the Tennessee fans erupting. That's the only time it's been loud. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been to Bryant-Denny, and it's gotten loud. I've been to... Death Valley, and it's gotten loud. I've been to the Swamp, and it's gotten loud. Sanford Stadium doesn't hold a candle to any of the to any of those three stadiums or, or Neyland. I mean, the but the light show was horrible, and they did it nonstop. I couldn't believe, I really could not believe that they were doing it while players were on the field. Like, it, I thought it was like a before the game kind of thing. But they were doing it while players were on the field. I, I could not believe that. It, it felt so cheap. I can't believe Alabama's doing it. What do you think Nick Saban thinks about it? He has to hate it, right? Yeah, like he has to. He has to. He has to be like, "What are we doing here?" Like he's been complaining about, you know, their fans won't stay the whole game or whatever. He's been complaining about their fans for a long time and attendance, and then it's like we're, he's probably thinking we're throwing in this gimmick to get them to come, and I've won a million national titles, and they're, we have to have a light show to get them to stay. I mean, the, the, cigar, the cigar shit was awful. Steve Levy was terrible. Brian Steve Greasy Levy is sucks. bad. Steve Levy's so bad. Since when does he call football games? I don't know. When, when did this, like, he's been a sports center guy. And poor Brian Greasy's brain is mush, and yeah. he's the only one trying, he's the only one looking around and trying to make any type of sense. Like, hey, guys, this isn't, this shouldn't be a personal foul on Darrell Taylor. This, this seems like it's a, a bad call. And then McShay's like, well, I'm with the field, and it looked very bad. Yeah, and then they brought in Matt Austin. That's what we need. Some guy named Matt Austin. That guy, I, that guy, that job, that that guy's job. That is that is the easiest job in America. I could go in the booth, put me in a suit right now, and I could do his job. And didn't he say that it was a good call? There is. That's, that's all they're there for. There is nothing more pointless than the rules expert on these broadcasts because nine times out of ten, they are there just to agree with the officials because those are their friends and they want us to think that we're not watching professional wrestling. Oh, no, that was a good call. You, you got to call that one. He pushed him down. He pushed him hard. I mean, like, didn't he say that the that the Daryl Taylor call he agreed with? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, come Brian on, Greasy man. was the only one with a spine who was like, "No, this is this is bad." Come on, dude! Like, there's just a little bit of self interest going on here with Matt Austin. You know, I mean, that guy's full of shit. That's the dumbest job in America. That. that it was it was a three hour three and a half hour long paid infomercial for the University of Alabama, which is really what they need because they uh, don't get enough exposure. 
really struggling with recruiting. They need the help from ESPN. Like, does Alabama really need more exposure? They get the CBS game every week. And if they don't, well, we're going to create a start time on ESPN for them. There's zero doubt that the last thing ESPN wanted was for Tennessee to play that game close. Because that game was supposed to be a paid infomercial for the University of Alabama. I mean, they had the cigars ready to roll. They had the light show. They have the number one draft pick at quarterback. They have the five all-pro NFL wide receivers. You know what they didn't have? They didn't have the knowledge that Nigel Warrior was coming to make a play. This is three straight games now that Jim Chaney has been aces calling plays. He has been lights out, and, you know, we only have one win to show for it, but we now see why we have the highest-paid offense coordinator in the nation, and Georgia sucks. Georgia looks bad. James Coley is terrible at offensive coordinator, and the, all those Georgia fans that didn't that, that said that they didn't want Jim Chaney, they, they didn't want Jim Chaney. They didn't care that he left. They would all, all of those rednecks would, would, would hike up I-75 North to Knoxville, Tennessee and pack James, Jim Chaney's house and move him back to Athens themselves. They would walk up I-75 right now if it meant getting Chaney back over James Coley. I get fired up when they show Jim Chaney in the booth and he's getting mad. I do too. I love him. I love him. I mean, I, I would go to He is literally putting his health at risk, letting that, you know, get, letting that heart start beating faster. He is putting himself at risk whenever they show him and he's angry and yelling. I'm like, oh man, he cares. He is willing to die for this. Like the guy, you talk about somebody that loves Tennessee, Jim Chaney. Jim Chaney gave up DeAndre Swift, Jake Fromm, George Pickens, an NFL offensive line. Simply because he loves Tennessee. The dude loves UT. And he and and I'm not really sure why, considering he coached here with Derek Dooley. But the dude gave up everything to come back here because he wants to retire at UT. And for the third straight game, he was lights out. I don't know. I thought Russell brought up a really good point last night on what was a great radio show that nobody has said Derek Ansley's name in about a month. And it certainly seems like Jeremy Pruitt said, to hell with this, I'm going to be the defensive coordinator again. Seems that way. The defense is playing a lot better. Because all of a sudden... Um, you know, we had talked about last year, it was after, it was after the Georgia game, we had said, I still remember us talking about it after the Georgia game last year, where we played really, really good, and Jeremy Pruitt, you know, started crying in the postgame press conference about how hard they played, we said, on that podcast, we said in one year, so you give us one year, and this defense is going to start whipping people's asses, well, it's one year later. And the first month aside, the last month, the defense has been exactly what we thought they would be. They're going out there. Our defensive line, I mean, we don't need to talk about the players we have on our defensive line. We all know that they're not anything special. And they went out there and they took it to Alabama. They went toe-to-toe with Alabama. We know that the offensive line has come a million miles and they're playing really, really good. The offensive line has three five-stars, and it's starting five. Three. Jerome Carvin feels like he should have been on the field earlier, man. That guy is a beast. Like, I love watching him play. He was the one that got that rugby scrum started where we took Alabama and pushed them seven yards back after our running back had been stopped. We pushed them seven yards down the field for a first down. Like, that feels like that guy's mean enough. He should be playing. Um he was third on the depth chart and looking at a red shirt. Now, all of a sudden, he might be the key to Tennessee uh, winning, you know, six games and making a ball game. Yeah. You know, Carvin's been really weird. They were extremely high on him last year at the beginning of the season. He started his very first game at UT. He started against West Virginia, I believe, and then kind of hit the freshman wall and has just kind of been forgotten about. And then all of a sudden, he looks great. I mean, the defensive line, but the defensive line doesn't have any guy that was really rated high outside of Greg Emerson, who, like, he lost his leg in high school, basically, at the Army All-American game. 
But uh, Greg Emerson is a redshirt freshman, guys, and Greg Emerson looks awesome. This is this is back to back really good games for him, and he's a freshman. But the the defense now looks like we thought they would look like. It's like you know next week we're going out, and I, I I'm assuming Mauer's not going to play. But it's like we're going to be in that game. So you don't think Mauer's going to play? I don't think so. Austin Price said last night 50-50 at best. I mean, and who knows how much they know because the game had just ended. So who knows? Like, but I'm, I'm assuming Brian Mauer's not going to play. The question is, obviously, can you put Jarrett Garantano back out there? Ugh. I never want to watch him play again. Like, I never want to see him on the field again. Like, Props to him for helping bring home the Mississippi State win, like for not fucking that game up, but I don't want to watch him play Will Muschamp's defense again. No thanks. Like, I, I don't know if I want to watch JT Stroud either. Like, I really, really hope Maurer can be ready, and I hope that they can be like, hey, he didn't have a concussion two weeks ago. It was just protocol. Like, he was just a little banged up his neck. Uh, you know, I hope something like that happens, but, man, I do not want to watch Garantano this week. You know, one thing that felt good about that game last night was that um, we cared again. Like, I was – that's the first football game since the South Carolina game last year where I was mad that we lost, which, like, is a good feeling. I mean, it's not a good feeling, but it's a good feeling, right? Because, like, now we know that, like, we're getting closer and Pruitt's doing a good job. And, you know, I, I was really mad that we lost that game. So – when Diggs scooped that ball up in the end zone, I set up, I turned around, and I walked out of the house, and I went driving. So, I missed J.T. Shrout coming the game. I don't know anything he did. I, I mean, saw I, he threw a pretty nice deep ball that almost got completed. Alabama's defender made a really good play. Like, it was a pretty good deep ball. Alabama's defender dove and knocked it out out of uh, knocked it out of the air before I guess it could have gotten to Murphy. I think it was. I just don't know, I, dude. I don't know how you can play Jarrett Arantano again. Did you watch the replay of that fumble? Yeah, yeah, many times. Like um, it feels. I mean, Trey Smith's pulling in. Uh, Brandon Kennedy said in the huddle they called a, a run and that it got audible at the line. So I don't know if Garantano audible and told everybody or just said he was doing his own thing or what. But, I mean, it looks like crowds would have walked in in the end zone untouched. Um, Trey Smith killed that dude that he pulled out against. Yeah, he absolutely, Trey Smith's he absolutely, a dog. He absolutely murdered him. And with all jokes aside, Trey Smith could at any point never be able to play football again. And he is doing this because, for whatever reason, he loves the University of Tennessee. It's probably not smart whatsoever for him to play, but he's doing it. And he is the best damn left guard in the SEC. And as Jim Chaney is a really good offensive coordinator, he said, we're going to run behind our best offensive linemen. And it Crouch was going to walk in. I thought it was interesting that Austin Price in his postgame chat last night said that was the second staff that Garantano has gone rogue on. And I don't know what he did in what game when Butch was here. I can't remember. The only game I ever really remember Garantano playing under Butch was the South Carolina game. Um, but Austin said that's the second time Garantano has done that. I mean, what the hell was he thinking? Thought he was Drew Brees, bro. He thought he could just, all he had to do was get the ball above the line. That's all he thought he had to do. He didn't realize he was like a yard and a half out. Everyone's mad at Pruitt for grabbing Garantano? Yeah, I think that's totally contrived bullshit. Like, Jimbo Fisher did a lot worse and survived. Like, uh, it's... I. I usually side like, hey, don't grab the players, but like I didn't feel like that one was very bad. Like, you know, 
if given me like, hey, your best like your best uh, advice, I'd be like, hey, don't grab them, especially yank them. But like, I, obviously, it's not something to be mad about, right? I, I think we could say, hey, that probably don't do that, while also not making it a fucking controversy. Yeah, that's it. Don't do it again, Jeremy. Have you ever heard of the term astroturfing, John? No, I haven't. It is the this is the Wikipedia definition. It is the practice of masking the sponsors of a message or organization to make it appear as though it originates from and is supported by grassroots participants. When Jeremy Pruitt did that last night, and every single prestige media member said the exact same thing out of nowhere, that was astroturfing. They made it act like, oh, like, it, they all said, Mandel, Forty, Wolken, Matt Hayes, Brian Fisher, they all said the exact same thing at the exact same time. Like, oh, it's just such a coincidence. We all happen to have the same exact thought at the same exact time. Talking about how just it was unforgivable what he did. Yeah, like, fuck that. Like I said... I tend to side like, hey, don't do it, but like, you're not going to create a controversy out of that. Like, it's it, that's what I'm saying. It was it's, a it's fin- he, put a, he put a finger in his face mask and pulled him. Whatever, like, don't do it, Jeremy. Don't grab the players, but like, come on, like, acting like that's so unforgivable and like, like Jeremy Pruitt's unhinged. Pat Ford is like, he's been borderline unhinged all game. Like, he's yelling well, at well, officials well, for doing a shitty job. He's yelling at his team fired up when they're making good plays. Like. I don't think he was unhinged at all. If he was unhinged, he'd have whipped somebody's ass. Pat Forty, no shit. He took a two and four team playing twenty damn freshmen and had a chance to beat the number one team in the nation. And he would have lost that game last night. But they didn't even give him a chance to lose. Fuck you, Pat Forty. It was pure astroturfing, trying to make it seem. Like, there was actually something to be upset about. They were trying to meme that into a controversy. They were astroturfing 100%, trying to make it in to some unforgivable controversy. And my tweets, everybody's seen them. And it's been a long time since I have really teed off on Twitter. And I hardly ever am earnest on Twitter. But I was last night. They hate Jeremy Pruitt because of where he is from and the way he talks. They hate Jeremy Pruitt because they went to bat for Greg Schiano. And they got and we got Jeremy Pruitt instead. And I've had several people quote my quote my tweet thread, and they to a T have all been media members talking about how actually the media just hates him because he's not good at his job. That is unadulterated horseshit. They wanted Greg Schiano to be the head coach at Tennessee for some unknown reason. Again, they astroturfed Greg Schiano into getting the UT job. It has nothing to do with the fact that, that Jeremy Pruitt's not good because they went the bat for Greg Schiano, who is an abortion of a football coach. Apparently Rutgers wants Joe Moorhead uh, more than Greg Schiano. That tells you all you need to know. They don't, like, it has nothing to do, like, Dan Wolken and Pat Forty and Matt Hayes, like, them going off on Jeremy Pruitt because he sucks, because he acts like a redneck on the sideline when he gets mad. That's not, like, it, you know, they don't dislike him because he lost to Georgia State, because these guys don't want Tennessee to be good. Well, see, that's what I would add to your tweet. You said where he's from and how he talks. I would also say that it's a good chance to pile on Tennessee fans for that same reason. They don't want Tennessee to be good. Remember, they used to throw Tennessee fans under the bus, and I said it time and time again. You would never say this about a fan base that wasn't white bread and country. It is just a way for these media guys to pile on people that they can. It is free licks. They can tee off, and they will face no consequences. You even said it last night about David Ubbin. He got piled on last night, and you even said, you know, I like David. He follows me on Twitter. He's come on our station, but he's been begging for it for a couple of weeks now. He's been begging for it. He has, man. He has. He has been wanting it. The only way that David 
Ubin is paid is because Tennessee fans, they're not perfect, but they're going to pack 100,000 people into a stadium every Saturday afternoon. And they're going to pay to watch UT play. That's the only reason this clown makes any money. And he still feels like he has the right to go on to Twitter and clown on us. David Ubbin, Pat Forty, Mandel, Brian Fisher, the, the invitation is open to any of these assholes. I have a higher IQ than you. I am smarter than all of y'all combined. And I am a damn redneck from North Alabama. I am sick of it. They don't want Tennessee to be good. And they don't like Jeremy Pruitt because of the way he talks and where he's from. He's not in the good old boys club. And Greg Schiano, for whatever reason, is. But it is hysterical to think and to act like the media is teeing off on Jeremy Pruitt because he's bad. They want Tennessee to be bad. They want Pruitt to lose. They want him to keep embarrassing himself, even though he didn't embarrass himself. And anybody that's played any sport at any type of competitive level knows that I'm right when I say this. If you had a coach that was going crazy like Jeremy Pruitt was last night, you would die for that man. Because he was going to bat for his players. I feel like another term, uh, another way they've been astroturfing us is with this. Uh, every time Jeremy Pruitt loses, they'll bring up Philip Fulmer trying to coach again and run a coup. Mm -hmm. That seems to be one of their things as well. Uh, just for the record, though, were you were you challenging them to like an IQ test or a debate? Either one. Okay. Just I'm smarter than all of them. I'm smarter than all of them. I don't care. Gotcha. It just you challenged them. I wanted to make sure that we were on the same page of what we were challenging them for. You know, and I know, like, you know, I still remember this. I know that you think a lot of what I say is over the top. And part of that is contrived, and it's just us playing a part and talking to each other on a podcast, and just we both understand how each other is, and it's funny. But I still remember during the coaching search when I was absolutely teeing off on journalists. I know I made you roll your eyes, but one day I still have the text message screenshot. You said Seth was right. Journalists have got to go. And it's been, it's been almost two years since then, and they still have not gotten any better. Why does David Ubbin think that he gets to talk shit to Tennessee fans? It's crazy to me, man, because he's in the like he's he's in the business of getting paid by Tennessee fans, like to subscribe to the Athletic, like uh, just I don't I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I never will. Like it's one thing if you're if you're playing a hill role and you're going all out like John Adams. At least John Adams has the the decency to play his stick all the way around and, and admit he's playing a stick. At least he has the decency to do that. Yeah, and it, like David Ubbin last night was like, oh, you know, I'm getting a lot of ifs, and and buts from Tennessee fans. And he's like, I don't know why this is getting so much hate back on Twitter. And it's like, dude, you, are, are you brain dead? Tennessee just went toe-to-toe -to -toe with its one biggest rival in football. And you don't know why you're getting a lot of pushback? I mean, they hate, I, I, like, I 100% believe that these people hate Jeremy Pruitt because he is more successful than them. They can take some guy who's educated, who's been through the ringer and has put in his time being more successful than them, but Jeremy Pruitt was coaching P.E. a couple years ago. We've all heard how Jeremy Pruitt talks. We've all seen him get mad. It drives them crazy that this redneck is more successful than they are. All right, let's hit some patron questions right quick. We've been doing this almost for 35 minutes, so we'll make this quick. Uh, shout out to two new patrons. $2 patron, Carson Fuller. Shout out to Carson. We love you, buddy. And new $5 patron, Zach Johnston. Shout out to Zach Johnston. We love you, buddy. Both of them have joined the Discord. They have been active in the Discord. We love to have them. Patreon.com slash Reed's Ranch if you want to be a part of that. Uh, first up, let's get Doug's question. 
Doug asks, uh, would you trade zero and two for two and zero if it meant JG never got benched? So basically, would you start the season two and zero, uh, but have to play the whole year with Garantano, or are you happy that you started zero and two and you saw Mauer? Um. I think I would have taken 2-0 and because I think Garantano would have ended up getting – or Garantano is going to play the whole season? Is it just that, says he never gets benched. So I don't know if there's like an injury clause there or what, but it just says would you trade 0-2 for 2-0 and if it means JG never gets benched. So if we would be 4-3 and right now is what he's saying? I believe so. We'd probably go 8-4. and I would probably take 2-0. and I thought, I mean, I don't, do you go 8-4 and with Garantano? I mean, like – Maybe not. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you – you might not even win the Mississippi State game. I mean, just if you beat Georgia State and BYU, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'll say I – mean, to me, I thought that was a really good question by Doug. Uh, to me, I would say, man, if you could promise me that Mauer's healthy, like moving forward and that he's not going to get shut down for concussions or, or miss the South Carolina game. The Georgia State loss sucked, but – I feel some excitement for the team again, and I feel some excitement for the future if Mauer's ready to start next year. And uh, I wouldn't have had that with JG. Like, I'd rather have uh, had the uh, the excitement of watching a new guy play and make plays versus us trying to slog our way to 6-6 six and six with the offense looking like it's stuck in first gear the entire time. It's a good question, though. It's, it's really amazing what, like, how much <sighs> – better like the offense is with with Mauer I'm hoping I I get the same thing today with the Titans I hope we see the same thing with Ryan Tannehill I think we will I think we're going to see the same thing I hope so buddy I really do Hank asks can the Shiano Sunday-esque riot be a trip to Birmingham to the SEC headquarters like how is it still there how is it still in Birmingham what's the reason like it's not a big city why is it still there I think it was just because it was central, it, centra- centrality of it all. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's probably a bigger city than you think, than you're, but well, I mean, I, why I is it not in Atlanta? Yeah, I, I was thinking more so just in the lines of versus Atlanta or Nashville. Um, or hell, even Charlotte where the headquarters are, or the See, the that's SEC what I was about is. to say. Why is it not in Charlotte? Like, to me, why is it not in Charlotte? I don't think it has to be central. It's not 1930. We're not riding railroads. Yeah, I mean, that's what it was, though, is what I'm saying. Right. No, I'm, I, mean, I know I'm saying it's not 1930 anymore. Like, we should probably pay the players and acknowledge that our ADs and everybody can get on planes now and go meet in Charlotte. It's not like the SEC is all of a sudden going to start cheating for South Carolina. Like, that's not going to happen. Which I guess Tennessee is probably closer or just as close. So, like. It's a good question by Hank. Uh, we will not be doing any riots, though. I don't think that would get anything accomplished. G-Man asks, what are our expectations for the rest of the season? Uh, I mean, it just it, obviously this is not exactly a galaxy brain take by me. Um, it depends on Maurer. I think either way, 6-6 six and six is my expectation. Okay. Like 7-5 and five would be nice, and if Maurer does play and is healthy, I think we can get to 7-5. and five. Like, Missouri got handled by Vandy. You know what I mean? Like, they've lost to Wyoming. Like, I get both those games were on the road. We're playing them in Missouri, and they're, they've been good there so far this year. But they haven't played anybody there. Like they, they haven't played anybody yet. And I would take my chances with them. My expectation is six and six. Yeah, I mean that game against the the Missouri Vandy game last night. I assume very few people are were as pitiful as I was yesterday afternoon and actually watched that game like I did. Um, the only reason why it was close is because Missouri took an all-time dirty hit on Vanderbilt's starting quarterback and knocked him out of the game. And literally, the very next play, Vanderbilt's backup throws an interception, and it was basically a pick six. The Missouri linebacker got tackled on the five-yard line. And then, boom, it's 14-14. to That game should have been 21-7. to so I, I think we can go and I think we can win that game. 
and I, I, I'll take our chances there. I'll say I expect six and six because Kentucky also sucks. Um, yeah, they're awful. I think you can beat South Carolina or Missouri and then beat Vandy, Kentucky, and UAB. So six and six is still at my expectation uh, regardless of who is at quarterback. I think the defense has shown enough, and I have hope that the run game and our running backs can do enough to win. Yeah, I think that, like, I, I do think that you can beat South Carolina even with Garantano next week. I know it sounds crazy, but I think you can because I think we're going to be able to run the ball. We'll see. But here's the great thing. Here's the great thing, guys. After the BYU game, we thought that we were going to win two games, and here we are. We're excited about every single game. Yeah, I'm pumped for the left. South Carolina game. I, I'm, I'm looking I'm forward excited. to this game on Saturday. I think we'll win. I think we'll end the must-champ streak, and I think we will uh, then be set up to make a bowl game. Weeks ask, has the opinion on Pruitt officially changed, or are we just happy with the way he did last night? Uh, it seems like last night got him a lot of equity with the fans. Yeah, last night was good. Um, I do think he's going to have to figure it. I do think he's going to have to uh, perform, though, down the stretch. Like, I, I, he's almost worked his way back to even, if not maybe even a little bit above even, from the Georgia State-BYU debacle. So, like, I feel like he's worked his way out of that hole. But he, he can go back in the hole. He can fall back down the ladder like Shadow and Homeward Bound. Like, he's close to the top. He's close to digging his way out of that muddy pit. But you can always slide back down with the loss of South Carolina. I want to see you get out of the hole, Pruitt. I want to see you go back and find Peter. Oh, Peter. I want you to be able to find him. So beat South Carolina. Just beat South Carolina, Germ. Amazing, amazing analogy, John. It's true. I, I That's the thing, man. I, I want this redneck to win some football games at UC now. Like badly, badly. Because I want to stick it to these journalists. Yeah, I want Pruitt to be good. I want Pruitt to be good. I, I I think that we've seen improvement, and I think it's possible. I'm not completely sold on him to answer Week's question. Like, I, I liked his passion last night. He looked like he gave a damn, which is, you know, something we asked for for a long time. I was like, hey, man, what is wrong with him? He looks like he's had a lobotomy. He's back to being fiery on the sideline. I appreciate that. I loved the three timeouts last night just to give a double middle finger to Alabama and their fans. Like, that was funny. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to uh, the end of the season. You know, whoever told him, and I assume it was several people, uh, over the offseason that he needed to cool it on the sidelines. It's pro- it was probably Fulmer. I, I, would, I would imagine it was Fulmer because he was always just fucking clapping. Uh, you know, that's one thing I remember from Philip Fulmer's tenure is that man was always just clapping on the sideline. They were wrong. Every coach is different, and every coach has to coach different. And being being that way ain't for Jeremy Pruitt. No, no. Like, if he's going to have to be that way, you might as well fire him. You can't neuter him. 100% agree. I guess we'll end on uh, Davey's question. Um, top three worst Vols ever. Oh, man. I guess we'll just say people we haven't liked because, I mean, there's obviously a bunch of guys who have never played that were, would be bad. But, I mean, to answer the question, I imagine this is about JG. Like, he has, he has played his way into one of the fan base's least favorite player ever, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to pile on him anymore. Like, he's been shit on enough. But, like, I will say that he will leave here probably – one of the uh, most disliked players in, 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 in a long time. Yeah. Uh, man, it's... It's sad. I, I, I thought he was going to be okay this year. I, it's really sad, man. Like, after the, you know, after the Mississippi State game, I said, you know, I'm, I'm glad he threw that touchdown pass. He really deserved it. And then he goes out there last night, and he does that that quarterback sneak. And it's just like, man, like... People have defended you so much and had your back so much, but, like, there is nothing that you can defend about that sneak. There is absolutely nothing that you can defend about that sneak. It's indefensible. I mean, he wasn't good before that, but, like, I didn't think he was a disaster. He made some basic throws, right? Like, he avoided some sacks. Like, he was able to – 
it's still wild that he was like a top-rated dual-threat quarterback because he is slow and cannot run. But, you know, he avoided some pressure and you know, scrambled for like a yard gain or was able to throw the ball away. Like, that's all like he has been needing to do in some of these situations. Like, that was progress. And, yeah, the throw where he missed Jennings for a wild open touchdown, that fucking sucked. But, like, he was okay. He kept you somewhat alive and moving the ball. And he just threw all that away. He threw all of that away with that quarterback sneak. My God. Yeah, I mean, it sucks because obviously we don't beat Mississippi State without him. And it's like, yeah, man, I'm really glad we beat State. But I really don't know that Jeremy Pruitt can put him back out there at a home game. The crowd the crowd will turn on him quickly, even if – even if Mauer's out, man, like you got to maybe put Shroud in and try to do like what the, the Pittsburgh Steelers have been doing with their backups. Just like easy throws, pop passes, bring people in motion, wildcat, try everything except re- except playing like a generic basic game with, with Garantano. I think that you can play him if you had to on the road. I do not see how you can possibly put him out there at a home game. I don't think that college players ever need to be booed. I am anti-booing collegiate football players. But my goodness, he is going to be booed to death if he steps foot on that field next weekend. And makes a mistake. And he's going to make at least one mistake. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right, good podcast, Seth. Appreciate it. I'm going to get this edited. I'm going to go watch some NFL football, eat some lunch, because I haven't even eaten yet or brushed my teeth. Uh, It's got a gross taste in my mouth. That's how quick it was. I rolled out of bed, I went and took a poop, and then I came and did a podcast for the people. And I love you, brother, and I hope that you have a uh, a good week in Alabama. I hope no one at work bothers you. I hope that you uh, calm down and don't get fired or do anything you would regret. Stay safe. Maybe next year, like, I mean, two will be gone, and... Yeah, they got the little brother, but maybe next year. Maybe next year we end the streak. Maybe. He looks he looks small, man. That's what I'm saying. He looks small, and Mac Jones, if he's still the starting quarterback, we'll take our chances there. And I mean, a couple of those receivers are going to the NFL, right? At least Judy. So I mean, like that, that Najee Harris isn't good. No, he is bad. He is the worst running back they've had in a long time. Yeah, I agree totally. Whenever he had the ball, I was like good. Yep. But we kept. I mean. I know he, his numbers ended up being okay, but, like, I mean, we just wore down at the end kind of thing. But, like, um, uh, maybe next year. Maybe next year. I love you, buddy. Goodbye, my friend. Later. See you.